Welcome to Defending Digital. I'm Chad Warner. Today's topic, when do you need a VPN, virtual private network? If you're interested in digital security and privacy, and I assume you are, you've probably heard about VPNs. Yet many people I talk to are confused about what a VPN is, whether they should use one, and which one to use. I'm here to explain what a VPN is, when you should use one to protect your security and privacy, and how to choose one. The threats. Imagine you're in second grade. You want to send a secret, secret note to a friend across the classroom. You write your message on a piece of paper, then fold it in half. There are five kids between you and your friend. Do you dare pass it across the room? This scenario is similar to unencrypted network communication. If you browse to an unencrypted website, so a site where the address starts with HTTP rather than HTTPS, the traffic you send and receive can be seen and stored by anyone between you and the web server. This problem has become much greater with the massive increase in public Wi-Fi. When you're sitting in a coffee shop, you're sharing the Wi-Fi network with several others. When you're in a hotel, a conference venue, or some other large gathering, you could be sharing the Wi-Fi with hundreds of others. Any one of them could be monitoring, collecting, and maybe even altering network traffic. If you're using an encrypted HTTPS website, the data you send and receive is encrypted, but your ISP, your internet service provider, such as Comcast or Spectrum, and others may still be able to see and store your DNS requests and other data. So they would know that you browsed to certain domains. For example, they could see that you browsed to defendingdigital.com, but they wouldn't be able to see which pages that you read there. Also, some websites encrypt the login page, but not the rest of the site. That would protect your username and password, but any data that you sent to and received from the site after that would be visible to eavesdroppers. I've been talking about browsing websites, but there's a lot more that we do online than browse websites. Think of the programs on your computer or the apps on your mobile. You usually can't tell if those are using encrypted connections, and many times they aren't. That means that here too, your data could be seen by others using shared Wi-Fi. Now, in the blog post that goes along with this episode at DefendingDigital.com, uh, I've embedded three videos that demonstrate the dangers of public Wi-Fi. So I recommend going in and watching those. They're all short. So how can you increase your security and privacy? Let's go back to the second grade classroom. Imagine that this time you write your message in a secret code. You then drop it into a long, clear tube, and the note slides down the tube past your classmates and lands on your friend's desk. When your friend gets the note, they pull out a decoder that allows them to read your message. Now, even if your classmates look through the tube and see your note, it looks to them like gibberish. This is similar to what a VPN, a virtual private network, does. What is a VPN? A VPN sends your device's internet traffic through an encrypted tunnel between your device and the VPN service provider so that no one in between can see the traffic. That includes other people that are using the shared Wi-Fi, the internet service provider, or other parties that are between you and the VPN server you're connected to. The VPN acts as a middleman, connecting you to the public internet, giving you increased security and privacy. Your VPN provider will have several exit nodes, which are places that its servers connect to the public internet. Your traffic beyond those exit nodes will traverse the internet normally, the way it would if you weren't using a VPN. If the traffic would normally be encrypted, it still will be. If it would normally be unencrypted, it still will be. If you need end-to-end -end encryption between you and the uh, person or device that you're communicating with, then you need to use sites and apps that use HTTPS or other end-to-end -end encryption, 
such as uh, Secure Messenger, and I've previously written about that at DefendingDigital.com. There's also a podcast uh, episode about it. When you use a VPN, websites see you as having the IP, the internet protocol address of the VPN provider, rather than the IP address you would normally have without a VPN. So when websites try to read your location, they'll be inaccurate. If you use a VPN server that's located outside your country, you may deal with website restrictions, especially related to streaming media or downloadable media, because such sites are often geographically restricted. If this is a concern, you may want to choose a VPN service that has servers in your country, and maybe even in your state or province. Because of how a VPN acts as the middleman, routing your traffic to potentially distant locations, you may notice a delay when using a VPN. That delay will vary based on the location of the VPN's servers and the plan that you're using. Some websites are suspicious of VPN users because VPNs can be used by people with malicious intent, so sites may challenge you with CAPTCHAs and other methods more frequently. There are many VPN providers, which I'll discuss in a couple minutes. Some have free options, which are usually limited. To use a VPN, you install the VPN provider's app on any device where you need it, whether that's your computer, your tablet, your phone, or you can configure the VPN settings in your device if they exist. Some routers can be set to use a VPN and route an entire home's traffic through the VPN. In the blog post that goes with this episode, I've embedded a video from the FBI that briefly explains what a VPN is and what to look for in a VPN provider. When should you use a VPN? There are several scenarios in which you should use a VPN. You should use a VPN whenever you're using someone else's network, whether it's wired or Wi-Fi. In other words, when you're not using your home internet connection or your mobile or cellular data. You may use your mobile, hot, mobile data directly through your mobile or by connecting your computer to a mobile hotspot or by tethering your computer to your phone. If you're concerned about your employer monitoring you, you can use a VPN at work. But first ensure that this isn't against your employer's IT policies, or you could get into trouble, even legal trouble. If you're concerned about your ISP monitoring you, whether that's your ISP at home or your mobile data provider, you should use a VPN whenever you're connected to that ISP. Are you safe to use shared Wi-Fi without a VPN as long as you only browse HTTPS sites? Not completely, because even when you browse HTTPS sites, the data you send and receive is encrypted but your ISP and others may still be able to see your DNS requests and possibly other data. So they would know that you browsed certain domains, even if they can't see what you looked at on those domains. Also, it's easy for you to tell when websites use HTTPS, but it's not always easy to tell if programs and apps are encrypting their connections. If they're not, that traffic could be easily eavesdropped. Which VPN should you use? Because your VPN has the ability, if they choose, to see all the network traffic that you send through it, you need to trust it. Look for ratings, reviews, and recommendations from digital security and privacy experts. A few questions to ask when considering VPN options. One, what is the VPN provider's reputation for security and privacy? Two, does the VPN provider keep traffic or connection logs? If the provider's policies say they make data available to law enforcement, that means they do log. Three, where are the exit nodes located? Four, how fast is the VPN connection? Five, how much data can you use each month? Six, how many devices can you use on your account? Seven, what is the reliability? Eight, what happens when the VPN is unavailable? 
Will your device send traffic straight to the internet? Or will it completely stop sending and receiving traffic? And nine, what is the cost of the VPN service? One service I like is Proton VPN, and there's a link in the blog post that goes along with this episode. It has a free plan that has what they call medium speed, whereas their paid plans have high speed. Users of the free plan are put on separate servers that tend to be heavily used, though I've only had a few times that they've been so full that I need to switch to a different server. ProtonVPN is recommended by a few digital security and privacy experts that I follow. I also like private internet access, uh, sometimes called PIA, which is also recommended by a few experts that I follow. There are many other options. Some that I've seen recommended by digital security and privacy experts are ExpressVPN, F-Secure Freedome, OpenVPN, TorGuard, NordVPN, ViperVPN, TunnelBear, and Molvad. And you can find all of these links in the uh, post that goes along with this episode. Uh, there's also an additional resources section um, that has further lists of VPN providers. What should you do? Number one, think about how you use the internet. From what locations do you access it? From what devices? Two, research the VPN options that fit the use cases you've identified. Use the resources in the additional resources section of the blog post that goes along with this episode. You can also see the questions to ask when considering VPN options, which I previously read through. I like Proton VPN and Private Internet Access. Those are places to start. Number three, sign up for the VPN service that you selected. Four, install the VPN provider's app on any device where you need it, whether that's your computer, your tablet, or your phone, or configure the VPN settings in your device. And five, whenever you're not using your home internet connection or your mobile or cellular data, activate your VPN. And when you no longer need it, you can deactivate it. Remember that you can learn more about digital security and privacy at defendingdigital.com. And I'm so glad that you've taken the time to listen to this episode. I know you have only limited time that you can listen to podcasts. So I'd love it if you would take a minute to leave a rating and review in whatever app or site that you use to listen to the podcast. And also, if you have any friends who are interested in digital security and privacy, tell them about the podcast as well. Thanks.